Everybody, this is Vinny Bucci, aka the Booch, and welcome to the Booch Cast. This week, ladies and gentlemen, the classic hits keep coming. Only this time, instead of doing something from the world of professional wrestling, I decided to go in a different direction this week. As you guys know, one of the things that I've been doing an awful lot here on the Boochcast is uh, Power Ranger reviews. I have the three compilations that came out, and obviously at some point down the road, I do plan on doing a review of Power Rangers Dino Fury. Uh, I am overdue for watching uh, that show and giving a review, and trust me when I tell you, at some point, I will be getting around to that. 
But of course, Power Rangers were not the only thing in the Saban world that I liked and gave a review on. One other show was VR Troopers, but that was from the Blog Talk radio days, and I no longer have access to the stuff that was on there. So I'm not going to redo VR Troopers, mostly because it was a disappointment. But in the SoundCloud world, I did have an audio file that I wanted to play here. Uh, it was a segment on a larger show. And that is, of course, my review of The Big Bad Beetleborgs. I was a huge fan of this show back in the day. I got a chance to rewatch it on Netflix and give the segment. So for all the Big Bad Beetleborgs fans out there, here is my review. But first, I got to take a short break here. But when I come back, we're going to be talking about The Beetleborgs here on the Boochcast. So you guys sit tight. I shall return right after this. Three typical average kids inside a haunted mansion Just by chance, read a ghost to make them Beetleborgs <laughs> Typical average kids love to read their comic strips. Yeah. Back their wish, they became Big Bad Beetle Boys. Big Bad Beetle Boys. Big Bad Beetle Boys. Then new villains came along and blew away their powers. Yeah. Beetle Boys were in a fix and now have gone metallic. Hello, and welcome back to the Boochcast. Now, I'm sure some of you are probably wondering, uh, Booch, why did you just use two theme songs from Big Bad Beetleborgs as a commercial break song? Well, the answer is very simple, because, uh, as I mentioned before, this is a bit of a Netflix update. You see, back in the day, when we were on Blog Talk Radio, I had a segment called Netflix Update, because, uh, one of my former co-hosts, uh, Elvis Delinsky, uh, got me a profile on his Netflix account. So I ended up developing a bit of a Netflix addiction and I actually understood how people can get these things because at first I thought Netflix addictions were stupid I thought it was immature and I thought it was goddamn ridiculous after having Netflix for almost a year now I understand completely because I would be binge watching shows and getting little to nothing done and I was practically wasting away I literally spent a week on my couch stopping only to broadcast the Boochcast and was literally binge watching the Cleveland show Now, over time, I found ways to uh, control the addiction. What I would do is I would have Netflix on while I would be either doing computer work or watching wrestling. What I would do is I would keep the volume on for the in-ring promos and segments. And then when a match would take place, I would mute. I would would put the commentators on mute because I can't stand wrestling commentary on almost any wrestling show today. And I would have Netflix on in the background. So I would kind of have my eyes going back and forth because, you know, in terms of in-ring wrestling 
almost every match is exactly the same and there's very little to no reason to really sit through a whole match like with your eyes glued to the screen unless it's with two guys you know are gonna rock the house or at least tell a story which you don't see a lot of in wrestling today anyway so it made it easier for me to handle well while I was going through the transition again and again by transition I mean from blog talk radio to SoundCloud one of the Netflix shows I had recently completed at that time was the Beetleborgs because what I do with Netflix is I watch some of the current Netflix shows that are on if they pique my interest but I also watch throwback shows from the 90s because one of the things I love the most about Netflix is the fact that it lets me go back to my childhood so I've been watching a lot of shows that I grew up watching and genuinely loved and I had a long list of Netflix shows that I was going to watch well after dealing with a lot of issues most of them stemming from the fact that my that a my computer my laptop had recently gotten you know cleaned out because there were viruses and shit on it my brother managed to get it done a lot of my old stuff got deleted so one of them was my list of Netflix shows so I couldn't quite remember what was next on the list not only that but Netflix had also during this time had stopped showing a lot of the TV shows that I had planned on watching on the list when I got to them. I was going to cross those bridges when I got to them, but they ended up getting canceled. So what I decided to do was just pick up and just keep going. So after Beetleborgs, I knew the next show I wanted to watch was the Power Rangers. So I just started binge watching the Power Rangers and I decided, you know what? I'm just going to keep going till I get to every Power Rangers show here. So over time, I have binge watched the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, Power Rangers Zeo, and Power Rangers Turbo. I am currently on Power Rangers in Space. Um, I'm actually on episode 19 out of 43, and once I finish Rangers in Space, I'm gonna do a whole Netflix update talking a little bit, throwing back to the Power Rangers. And of course, I also saw the Magic School Bus Rides Again. I thought about watching that since I talked about the Magic School Bus on previous Boochcasts on Blog Talk Radio. I thought, let me watch Rides again and see if it's any better. So I'll be having Netflix reviews of those shows at a later date. And of course, the ones that are going to be coming up on my list soon, I'll be going to those. And like I said, once I knock them out of the park, I will be happy to bring them back here to the show. And of course, the shows that I had recommended in the past, like Supernatural, which I've been meaning to bring back here, and I know Desmond's going to join me for that. Gotham, I'm going to have Desmond join me for that. And then of course, if, you know, season six of Arrow, once that's completed, of course, Zach and I will be here. I'll have Zach here to uh, chat it up about that. So we got a lot of Netflix plans uh, going forward in the future, but that's in the future. This is the present, and presently, I'm going to get into a little bit of a chat regarding the Beetleborgs. Now, for those of you who may not, be, some of you might be familiar with this show, some of you might not be familiar with this show. If you're a wrestling fan, you may have heard uh, Enzo Amore refer to Kalisto as a big bad Beetleborg before he, and then he went back to saying Power Ranger, but he obviously, he looked more like a big bad Beetleborg and I thought that was really cool to bring up that classic show and it even made me feel more comfortable about talking about the Beetleborgs on this show. Now, Big Bad Beetleborgs, which later became Beetleborgs Metallics, that's why I played both of those intros, is an American live action television series by Saban Entertainment. The series was co-produced with Renaissance Atlantic Films, Toy Company, and Bug Boy Productions. It aired for two seasons on Fox Kids between September 7th, 1996 and March 2nd, 1998. The series adapted combat footage from the Metal Hero Tokusatsu series Juku B-Fighter from the first season and B-Fighter Kabuto for the second season. And this is, without a doubt, one of the most interesting shows on the planet and it was coming up right off the heels of the success of the Power Rangers.
Rangers. Like, during Mighty Morphin, they had, of course, the Zeo Ranger. I mean, they had, of course, you know, VR Troopers, which I've talked about in the past. And then, of course, in Zeo, they kind of brought some of the Troopers into the shows and everything, which was kind of cool. I mean, not as the VR Troopers, but the actors got to take part, which I thought was really cool. So, what we have here is, in the first season, it's set in the fictional town of Charterville, where, as it states, three typical average kids, uh, one is named Drew, and he has his sister Joe, and their friend Roland. And they enter the this haunted house called Hillhurst after sending a dare from the rich snobs Van and Trip, who are kind of like this show's version of Bulk and Skull. The only difference is, these two, they're rich snobs, Bulk and Skull were just dumbass bullies. The house is revealed to be the home of real monsters when the kids accidentally bump a pipe organ, releasing a phantasm named Flabber. He proves to be friendly, and in return for releasing him, offers to grant them one wish. They wish to become their comic book heroes, the Big Bad Beetleborgs. So the Beetleborgs is a, in this show is a comic book. However, this also brings the Beetleborgs' sworn enemies to life, the Magnivores, led by the evil Vexer, who would summon monsters from the comic books to battle the Beetleborgs. Now, Roland's mom and dad run the comic book shop along with his grandmother, Nano. And the grandmother is awesome. She's cool. She's funny. She's badass. If you remember the grandma from Hey Arnold, it's the same thing, except the only difference is uh, the grandma in Hey Arnold is white, and the grandmother in this one is black. That's really the only difference. Other than that, great personalities. And then, of course, at one point uh, in the show, in a six-parter, Vexer created his own Beetleborg, Shadowborg, which was a match for the Beetleborgs and briefly took their powers. They had to call a temporary Beetleborg, the White Blaster Beetleborg, which was played by this guy, Josh Baldwin, who kind of came into the show. He was there for a couple episodes, and after Shadowborg was destroyed, Josh lost his powers. And the Beetleborgs would meet the Beetleborgs comic creator, Art Fortunes, during this six-part story, in order for him to create the White Blaster Beetleborg and the Mega Blue Beetleborg, as well as the Thunder Stinger for the Blue Beetleborg to use, which was Drew. And in the and then in the uh, in this in, in the and in one of the episodes of the first season, the Magnivores steal a picture of a new villain named Nukas from Art Fortune's office. They bring him to life to enlist his help in destroying the Beetleborgs. Nukas assists them by planning devastating attacks on the city and creating Borg Slayer, a hybrid of all the Magnivore monsters. Unbeknownst to the Magnivores, Nukas was actually plotting to get rid of them. Nukas tells Van and Trip, who are fleeing Charterville during Borg Slayer's attack to their father's uh, country estate, how to defeat the Borg Slayer, which was telling them to triangle triangle their powers, like stand in a triangle shape and attack, and orders them to take on take the information to the Beetleborgs. They succeed in destroying Borg Slayer, causing the Magnivores to be swept back into the comics. And that's how the first season ends. Because the goal of the Beetleborgs was to put them back in the comics, but they had to put them all back in the comics in order to end the war. Otherwise, the fight would just continue on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And it did. And they had a lot of great, you know, fun characters and insane people like Flabber, of course, the fan, the Phasm, uh, Mums, the mummy, who was funny and used to be a prince and, you know, he could unwrap his bandages to reveal a Grim Leaper-like form under his bandages, which occurred only once. You had Frankenbeans, who was the comic relief, especially when he got his brain operated on, he became intelligent, and at first everybody loved it, but then he just became an asshole, so they made him stupid again. And then Count Fangula, who is basically modeled after Count Dracula, but, you know, he has an ex-wife he's afraid of, and, you know, he, you know, is just, you know, a badass in some degree. Then you got the Pipettes, they're basically like the three girls from Little Shop of Horrors. Not the actual actresses, but they have that kind of mentality, they just sing a lot. They have the little ghoul, who runs around, but she shows up in season two. Then you got Wolfgang, who is a former roommate of uh, Count Fangula, and Fangula is the only one that can understand what, what he's saying, and they call him Wolfie throughout the show. And then, of course, uh, the villains in this, when the 
Magnivores. There was Vexor, there was Typhus, Noxic, and Jara. Jara had, Jara kind of sounded like a Natasha from, um, you know, a Rocky and Bullwinkle. We get the moose and squirrel. That was kind of her. Noxic was kind of a badass. Like, he kind of had that, like, you know, he had like a jazzy-like voice. Like, yeah, baby, when I look at you, I see you with both my eyes. That's kind of Noxic. And then Typhus could best be described as Joe Pesci. That's kind of where he was. You know, especially in uh, Home Alone, the Home Alone series. He kind of sounded a lot like Joe Pesci, which I thought was great. The only difference is uh, Typhus never cursed, because you can't cuss in this. And then, of course, they have Scabs, which are kind of like the putties, and you got the Magnavore Jet Fighters that just come out and attack. So the Beetleborgs had, like, multiple weapons and fun, entertaining stuff they could do. And what's also great was each of them had their own uh, powers. Like, Drew had the power of telekinesis. He could nod his head and cause objects to float. Uh, Joe, the girl, had super strength. She could crack her knuckles and lift anything. Uh, Roland had super speed. All he did was snap his fingers and he could run. Even Josh, he would just, like, you know, smack his hands together, like, you know, like, when you know, well, that's that. And then he could just, once he, like, smacked his hands together, he could turn invisible. And he had that power briefly until his powers went away. And then, of course, Josh says, if you ever need me, I'll be here for you guys, and then we never see him again, which I thought was kind of sad. I felt I felt four Beetleborgs would have been great. They could have created something more for Josh. I thought it was kind of sad, especially since Josh was starting to fall for Heather, and I felt we could have seen more between them. Because there's a girl named Heather, who constantly comes into the bookstore. Drew has a secret crush on her, but never says anything. But she ends up falling for Josh, and then Drew gets jealous, and there's battle, there's like a, a conflict between them, which is crazy, but still entertaining nonetheless. And then, of course, um, after Nucus gets rid of the Magnivores, he fights the Beetleborgs, takes away their powers. So Art Fortunes, the creator of the Beetleborgs, creates the whole Beetleborgs Metallics comic book series just to give them new powers. And then he starts selling those books and making more of a fortune. And then there's Less Fortunes, who is, you know, less fortunate, (laughs) but is also, you know, Art's brother, and he becomes the bad guy, and he basically draws cartoons to battle the bad guys. Because at the start of season two, like I said, he wipes out their powers. The events lead directly into the second season, Beetleborgs Metallics, the crustaceans have replaced the Magnivores as the Beetleborg's new arch enemy. Nucus discovers that his creator's actually Art's incarcerated brother, Les Fortunes. Nucus busts him out of prison. Les now serves him by creating new villains to serve him and monsters for him to use in response. Art creates new powers, armor, vehicles, weapons. Flabber brings them all to life. And then, they are later assisted by the Astroborgs, four Beetleborgs created by Art Fortunes as a child, when he and Les work together on their only collaboration, The Lost Comic. Nucus forms his own evil group named the Crustaceans. He would later recruit more faithful followers from The Lost Comic in the form of the Mantrons. Nucus and Vylor eventually gained upgraded megaforms. To counteract this, the Beetleborgs were given an upgrade by Roboborg, who fused their metallic powers with their original powers, creating the Mega Spectra Beetleborgs. Vylor's megaform did not last long, and he quietly returned his original look without any explanation. However, Mega Nucus regained his upgraded look, retained his upgraded look. The series concluded with the Beetleborgs gaining the enemy Boron as an ally, stripping Nucus of his greatest weapon during the fight against Reptilian. Less Fortunes makes the decision to return willingly to Charterville Prison, disabling Nucus ability to create new monsters out of illustrations. But with no way of returning the crustaceans to the comic world, the Beetleboards were left with an unresolved final battle with what was left of their foes. And I can honestly say that's the only aspect of this entire uh, show that I found disappointing. The fact that they weren't able to give a solid conclusion, which is just like VR Troopers. Everything just ended quietly. There was no final battle. There was no celebration. There was no real solid victory. And that's sad to me. Like if that was the case, they might as well 
just sucked the guys back in the comics and ended the show right there and it would have been better. But I guess, you know, season one was so great they had to bring in a season two and then they just ended it. Like, that's what I hate about TV shows. When you just cancel them without an ending. And I think that's something that TV executives should look into further in the future. Like, look, okay, you want to cancel a show? Fine. But at least extend the show long enough to wrap it up and give it an ending. Once it has a solid ending, then you can cancel it. Then you can get rid of it. Like, say, all right, we'll give you a couple more episodes. Or you say, hey, we'll give you one more season. Wrap this whole thing up. Here's all the episodes you're going to get. And then close it. And that is something better for people. Instead of just saying, oh, we don't want to lose money. So we're just going to end this show here and then give it no conclusion because to me that's cheating the audience and that's one aspect of Hollywood that bothers me that they care more about money than the audience now look money should be important I'm not going to deny that you know obviously you got to spend a lot of money and I get that obviously you know actors want to make a lot of money and I get that too but at least have enough respect for the actual fans you do have to wrap it all up that's really where I feel about the Beetleborgs they didn't do that and I felt it was disappointing Disappointing to everyone involved and it was also disappointing most importantly to the fans like I said not only that I found something recently that I thought was really really sad and that was the fact that at one point acclaimed comics published a one shot uh, with Power Rangers Turbo and Beetleborgs Metallics with the Beetleborgs battling the Turbo Rangers for teaming up with them against Diva Tox and Nucus. I felt that should have been done like Saban should have did more of that like I felt the VR Troopers should have been teaming up at least with the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers if not the Zeo Rangers, instead of bringing them in as random actors, you know, I felt that that's something that really should have been done there. Try to merge them all together. And at one point they get it right, which I'll talk about on another episode, but I would have loved to have seen Turbo and Metallics team up, you know, whether you bring them into the Beetleborgs world or you bring the Beetleborgs into the Power Rangers world, it would have, that would have been great. And I think it would have really helped jump kick the show and definitely would have got a big ratings boost for that particular season. Cause the first season did a great job, but the second season kind of fell flat on its ass when it finally came to an end. So, you know, that's just how I feel about that, and you know, in general, uh, The Beetleborgs is still a great show to watch. I just wouldn't try to watch it as far as binge watching. You know, I'm not going to do that again, but you can definitely go back and see certain episodes and be highly entertained. My favorite to this day is still the one with Blackbeard, where they go get Blackbeard the pirate to do a, to do a project on him, so they get the actual Blackbeard to come out, show him the real, they show him what the modern world looks like and at one point he goes hang out with granny and then blackbeard becomes a rap artist at one point where he's going my name is blackbeard blackbeard the pirate the baddest guy at sea if there's trouble round and there's gold to be found you can bet you're gonna find me granted it was really short short but still uh thought it was really hilarious and genuinely enjoyed it and uh like i said i wish they could have ended it a lot better but i love the fact that this show was on and the fact that they based it around a comic book i thought made it new made it a original, made it fun. They only had three, like the shield, and that's all they really needed. Two guys and a girl. And it was interesting because the girl actually got to be the red Beetleborg. And then you had, um, you know, Drew who was the blue one and Roland who was the green one. 
And then eventually they changed their colors again and Drew became gold and I think that's when Joe became purple and Roland became silver. So that's when they gave Joe a more girlish color because, you know, even though purple is a unisex color, if you're going to have a choice between a guy and a girl, lean it more towards a girl, I think, is a better way to go. But anyway, still, love the Beetleborgs. I highly recommend it. And like I said, I'll have a few episodes coming up where I'll be talking about the uh, the Power Rangers. Um, I'll be talking about at least the first couple shows once I wrap up Power Rangers in space, and I'll explain why I'm doing that on the next show, and of course, Magic School Bus Rides again, I'll be getting into that, and of course, all future Netflix shows that I binge watch, once I'm done, I'll bring them here, and I may even have some guests with me. Alright, and that, ladies and gentlemen, concludes my review of the Big Bad Beetleborgs. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites also like us on facebook go to facebook.com slash the boochcast we have archived episodes of the show as well as great content make sure you follow us on twitter and instagram at the boochcast get the latest tweets photos and videos visit our youtube channel check out all of our youtube content and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted also make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, April 1st and Sunday, April the 2nd for nights 1 and 2 of Wrestlemania 39. Join us for the biggest pay-per-view event of the year as it will be running on two nights and of course we're going to be having a live stream for each night. So on April 1st, we'll have night one of WrestleMania from beginning to end. And then on Sunday, we'll have night two of WrestleMania from the beginning to the end. So make sure you join us live on twitch.tv slash theboochcast. Also, we have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and another special treat in the works. Also, make sure you guys support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is 99 cents, $1 per month. Our second level is $4.99 $5 per month. The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got our third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99 $10 per month. The same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since it's sold the Peacock, you got nowhere to put that $9.99 Bring it over here. We got better content in the network and unlike all elite wrestling we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what they want you have the option of paying with a credit card or with gpay and the best part is all the money that we raise goes back into the show in some capacity we use to upgrade our equipment we use to bring in bigger name guests pay the bills and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're going to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles. And we, of course, try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been the Boochcast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby!
Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.